Welcome to Word of Grace, the local assembly in the Berkshires. Thank you for joining us for this time in the Word. Okay, we're going to read a little bit from um, Genesis 37, and then we're going to jump right over to Genesis chapter 50. Verse 1, it says, And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. These are generations of the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bil Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel... Remember, that's Jacob's new name, so it's really Jacob, but his new name, Israel, loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors. So many pieces of many different colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you, this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose, and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about, and, my, and made obeisance to my sheaf. And his brethren said to him, Will you indeed reign over us? Or will you indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream and told it his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream war, and behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren, and his father rebuked him. And said unto him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Will I and your mother and your brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to you, to the earth? And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the same. So the picture here that we see, and remember the Bible in the Old Testament gives us many different types the Bible reveals a lot of different types that have meaning. For instance, every single type in the Bible is fulfilled by Jesus Christ. He's the great anti-type. So for every type that we see in the Bible, all the sacrifices and all of those different things, they were types of Christ with which he is the anti-type or the one who fulfilled all of those types. So here, here is, is, a, is another type we see what Joseph went through, and uh, he was given dreams. He was, he was given all of these dreams uh, from God. We know the story, what happened. His brothers, they really couldn't stand him. They wanted to kill him because of jealousy about his father loving him more than the others, in which that might not have been right on his part, but he did. He did love him more, but God did use it. We'll see how God used it and how he came through in each one of their situations. But we see here very clearly that, that uh, God begins this process uh, for Joseph. 
his brothers wanted to kill him. And if it hadn't been for Judah, who intervened and had thrown him in a pit and then took him out and sold him into slavery, he, they would have killed him. And so, of course, we see the story of, of, of what uh, Joseph had to go through. He went through a lot of these different things because God was preparing him. And what God was doing with Joseph, with every single thing that he went through, was he was preparing his heart to rule with God's very own attitude towards himself and towards even those that would do all of these wicked things to him. And so you know, you know the story that uh, all the things that he went through, uh, from, from Potiphar's wife, the lies that she told, then of course he was cast into a prison, and then there was, a, there was the baker and the butcher, and they were there, and remember the story how he interpreted the dream, the guy got out, and all Joseph said was, when you, when you get out, just put a good word in for me, will you? But the guy forgot to do it. Two years later, can you imagine? Two years later, he brings it up about the dream. So he really went through an awful lot. Two full years, can you imagine? That's what it says in Genesis 41, verse 1. Two full years. Two full years. And then, uh, obviously, he was, he was remembered in the ninth verse. Two, two years later, finally, he was, that, uh, he was remembered. <laughs> but was that God's plan for him? Was it his plan? Is it true for us that in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 15, that all things are for our sakes. Is that true? How, how can we rationalize the word all? All things are for our sakes. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18, all things are of God. And we see very soon that in Romans 8, 28, all things work together for the good. The good is whole agathos in the Greek. It's God's divine good. And so we see here that two years later, he's remembered. Was it God's plan? Was it God's appointment? Is God, is God ever late? Is he always on time for everything that he does? Well... What, what does God do? God uses in our life, like he did in Joseph's, the seeming weakness of others for the strength of his plan. Now, I can either react at people and circumstances or I can realize that God, that Christ is all in all in Colossians 3 verse 11. So we see that even those delays, two years of, of delays we see that God's delays were simply the means of preparing Joseph for his call. And while he, he had to wait, he was being taught to be like him, to be like God through patience. So the process of grace allows patience to be worked in, to be worked into uh, Joseph. And so we see again how he's taken out. And we see again in Joseph's life 
how God always promotes those who wait for him. Uh, Psalm 27 verse 14 says, Wait you upon the Lord. Be of good strength and he will strengthen your heart. Be of good cheer, he'll strengthen your heart. So waiting on God, we see all through the Bible, to wait on God, the word wait is synonymous with the word trust. So to wait on God means we trust him, and to trust him means many, many times to wait on him. But God will always promote those that wait for him. He is working in a love in us that trusts him and a trust that loves him. And so God's plan was to promote him. Every time God promotes us, in the promotion, he brings his presence. In other words, in his very presence, God promotes us to think with him and to be in his presence. And so like Joseph, God does not want us, as we are in his plan, to kick against his plan, to kick against God's ways by sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says for the believer, we walk by faith, not by feelings, not by sight, not by the five senses. And so God was preparing Joseph in the dungeon to reign as a king. But that's where he had to prepare him. And that's the same thing that he did with David. He continually did those things in David's life because all it was eventually was God promoting him. And everything about our life, every single thing about our life in Christianity, in God's plan, in God's way, in God's will, everything about our lives has to do with others. Every single thing we go through, it's, it's, it's yes, it works together for the good, but it's for others. Because always God's plan for me always has to do with others. He wants us to get to the place. Like Ezekiel 3, verse 15, he sat where they sat seven days, it says. He sat where they sat seven days. And uh, because he wants us to identify with others' pain through our own pain. The pain that, that God allows in our life is never wasted. It's never wasted. It's always for my gain. And it's always for another's gain. So God used these trials in Joseph's life. He used them. He used the dungeon. He used the dark times to make Joseph merciful. Because we know in James 2.10, mercy rejoices against judgment. So God here was using trials in Joseph's life to break his, his hard heart so that he would get to the place where he would identify with others. And so God uses the process of patience to work in grace. And that's what he was doing in Joseph's life. And that's what he continually is doing in our place. But in God's plan, the trials that he has us go through, the places that he has us in, his mercy has already gone before us in the preparation of God's plan. Always. He sees it. Isaiah 46, verse 10, he declares the end from the beginning. Mm -hmm. The beginning in eternity past. Mm -hmm. Acts 15, 18, 
known unto God are all his works from the very beginning in eternity. So God knows exactly what he's doing. And we'll see that very quickly through these chapters in, in uh, Genesis that talk about and, and, sh and show what Joseph went through. Do you remember when he, his brothers finally came to him? They didn't recognize who he was. Do you know what God did? His brothers that sold him into slavery, really, that wanted to kill him. God was preparing Joseph in the dungeon, pretty much that they sentenced him to, to prepare Joseph to lovingly and graciously provide for those that did that to him. And of course, that's something only God could do. That's what he was preparing Joseph. He was teaching Joseph to fix his heart on him, not on people, not on his circumstance, not in his situation. And that's why Psalm 57, verse 7, and Psalm 108, verse 1 says, My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. Hebrews 12, verse 2, in the Amplified Bible, says, Looking away from all that would distract unto Jesus. Unto Jesus. And so you remember the story that they came. He not only, when he was in that place, when God finally promoted him, and God, remember, God was preparing Joseph in the dungeon, the dark time, the hidden time, the time behind the scene, the painful time, to reign as a king and to prepare and store up food in time of famine, to, to feed two nations, the nation of Israel and the nation of Egypt, to feed two nations in a, in a desperate time of famine. And that's a picture of what God would do with us through our trials and through our circumstances, the dark, hard time. He is storing up spiritual food within us, not only to feed us, but to feed so many others. And so God was preparing him. It is, it's, a, it's quite a story when we, when we begin to see it. You can even see just the unbelievable uh, faithfulness and love of God when we see this. You look at chapter 45 of Genesis and look what it says. Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cried, it says. Cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him, while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. Look at verse 2. And it says that he wept aloud. And the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard that. Can you imagine? He wept so loud and was so overwhelmed that they could hear him all throughout the palace. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. Can you imagine? 
They're going there because they heard that this man, who they didn't know was their brother, that they sold into slavery, is now in a position second to Pharaoh and stored up all this grain to feed nations. And they came there seeking to get grain. And then Joseph says, I want everyone to go out. Just as brothers are there. And then he reveals who he was to his brother. He wept. He wept. I wonder what God was doing to him in the dungeon. In his heart. Towards his brothers that did all that evil towards him. I'm sure he wasn't any different than us at times. We want to react. First thing in the, in the natural, we want to react. But then God is teaching us. And teaching us about grace and mercy and his unconditional love, all fulfilled in Christ who died for us and rose again to be our very life. It's an interesting thing. Uh, we never want to try to live the Christian life. I've said many times, it's not hard, it's impossible. Christ is our life. In Colossians 3, verse 4. He is our life. He is our very, very life. So Joseph wept aloud, and he said, I am Joseph. Can you imagine the fear and the terror of his brothers? This guy is second in command, and he's the brother that we did this to. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me. I'm begging you, come near. And they came near. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now, therefore, be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves that you sold me here. For God did send me before you to preserve life, your lives. And what a picture, what a picture that God the Father would send Jesus Christ, who every one of us, if we could, would have crucified him and sent him ahead of us to be our very, very life. He said, for these two years has the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in which there will be, no, be earring nor harvest, and God sent me before you to preserve you, imagine, you, a posterity in the earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. It's quite a story. Look in verse 9. God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me and tarry not. It's time. It's God's time for you in a place for God to bless you. Because he sent me ahead to do that. And in verse 14 it says, And he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin wept upon his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brethren. Kind of reminds you of the prodigal in Luke 15. When the son came back from spending all his living and he was in his rags. 
and he was trying to prepare himself how he wanted to tell his father, I'm not worthy to be your son, but could you just hire me like one of your servants? He couldn't even get it out of his mouth before his father was on his neck kissing him. The neck in the Bible, you'll see it in Proverbs, the third chapter, the neck speaks of the human will. And the will that he used to sin against his father, the father was waiting to kiss him, to put a ring on his finger, to give him a robe, to have a, mer a party for him. That was just unbelievable. Moreover, he kissed all his brethren, and he wept upon them. And after that, his brethren talked with him. You look at, and then finally, as we begin to wrap this up, we'll look at Genesis 50. We're kind of going through it. There's a lot in here, but uh, we'll just kind of just get right through it. But Genesis 50. Look at verse 18. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face. Do you remember Joseph's dream? Do you remember the dream that he gave him? I want to talk a little bit about that towards the end. His brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we are your servants. It's easy to serve when you know how loved you are. Oh, yeah. His love will never cease to be the answer to us. It's our need, and it's been supplied in Philippians 4.19. My God will supply all your needs, singular, according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, the limitless plurality of the riches of Christ to meet our one need. And Joseph said, Unto them fear not, for am I in the place of God. But as for me, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now therefore, fear you not. I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly unto them. That's what the love of Christ does. That's what the love of God does. Every single thing. God gave Joseph a dream. And every single thing that their brothers did to try and destroy the accomplishment of it, God used to accomplish that dream. That's what Genesis 50 verse 20 is. They meant it for evil. They meant it for evil. They were led by Satan in what they did. In evil against him. But God. <laughs> but God. Meant it. For good. Everything they tried to do to destroy the accomplishment of the dreams that God gave Joseph, God used to bring it to pass. They meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. That's why much more for us, and this is a type of, of Christ, and it's a type of what he's accomplished for us. But that's why in 2 Corinthians 4.15, 
all things are for our sake because of Christ. All things are of God in 2 Corinthians 5.18 because of Christ and all things work together for the good. The good is, again is whole agathos. It's God's divine good. To them that are the loved of God called according to his purpose and God's purpose and everything that he allows in our life is to conform us to the image of his son in Romans 8 verse 29. God's plan is perfect in Psalm 18, verse 30. In Deuteronomy 32, verse 4, His way is perfect. His way is perfect. That's why Job could say in Job 23, verse 10, When I come through this trial, I will come out as gold. I will be reflecting the very nature of God in me through the trial. Can you imagine? Only God could lead Joseph to be in the place where he would send him as a head and provide in his love for those that did all that evil against him. All of that wicked evil against him. It was all according to God's purpose to conform Joseph to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. So, Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this um, this short devotional. We just thank you and praise you for it. And we can learn so much. Thank you that every single type, all prophecy, every single word has to do with the person of Jesus Christ and what he has accomplished towards you for us on our behalf. And we're thankful. And may we never receive anything other as in the gospel of grace, ever. Galatians 1, 6-9, there is no other gospel than the gospel of grace. And God forbid that we should preach anything other than Christ. Anything other than the good news of grace. Because it is grace, the grace that brings salvation in Titus 2.11 can only be grace that teaches us. Only grace can teach us to deny ungodliness. Only grace can teach us to deny anything that's not like God in our heart and in our attitude. It's the only thing that can. Because in John 1.14, Jesus Christ was filled up in his human body with grace and truth. We cannot separate grace from truth and truth from grace. It can't be done. And you cannot separate the truth and the teaching of Christ from his very person. And that's the thing that the Holy Spirit takes and shows unto us. He shows us what the person of Jesus Christ has accomplished on the cross for us. We take up by pure grace what Christ has accomplished in his person and his work on the cross. And he works that into us daily. I don't have to die to myself. I simply have to reckon in Romans 6 verse 11 that I'm already dead and that I'm risen with Christ. And, he, he and his plan is working in 
through sanctification, he's making me to become what he already made me to be. He's making us to become in time on earth in our present condition what he already made us to be in eternity past and our position in Christ in his sight. So thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening in. We hope you were blessed and God was glorified. Feel free to go to our website at awordofgrace.org for daily posts and teachings.